warning. Some things in our podcast may not be suitable for everyone. We talk about cults and murders, and due to the nature of our podcast, may use harsh language at times. Viewer's discretion is advised. And also, we can't pronounce anything. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Cults and Crime. We're a true crime podcast where we cover cults, crime, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jamie. And I'm your other host, Nicole. And I would like us to be marked okay for the coronavirus. We are safe. Yeah, I know everything. My school shut down. My life shut down. But I'm here. And for God only knows what reason, I am still working in the medical field. Oh my gosh, right? Um, I went to Walmart today. Literally, they are out of just the randomest stuff, like Ritz crackers. Everyone was like, you know what I need? 15 boxes of Ritz crackers. It's ridiculous. That is how I'm going to survive, 100%. Didn't you hear that the coronavirus is 100% healed by Ritz crackers? Um, Also, and this is a quick side note because I'm so upset, they canceled my cruise. (laughs) I was going to go to Mexico. (laughs) Oh, lucky girl. I wish I could go to Mexico. Well, because of the coronavirus, there were some really good deals on cruises, and I was going to take advantage of it, but then they canceled them. So instead of... Honestly rude. Yeah, so instead of being on a cruise, instead, I'm going to be at my house drinking margaritas and pretending like I'm in Mexico. So, Nicole, is this a travel podcast? No, it is not. This is a crime and cult podcast. And Jamie, I have a crime for you. I am excited to hear after the week I've had, I'm ready to get into a good old-fashioned crime. All right, so we are going to be covering the case of Heather Teague. I've never heard of this, so I'm really excited to get into it. Well, let's dive in. Heather was home from college for summer break and was really looking forward to seeing all of her friends and family. She was ready to unwind from the stress of school and her finals, which Jamie, I think, you can attest to that yeah we just did midterms like i passed everything like by like a decent margin but i honestly wish i would have done better yeah so it's like you were you're totally ready to unwind now right no absolutely not the stress of all of the low b's that i got in my finals is well midterms is literally haunting me to this day oh my god (laughs) well on august 26 1994 heather thought the best way to unwind was a beach trip She was planning to spend her entire day relaxing by herself and getting a start on her really good tan. (laughs) She had driven down to Newburgh Beach on Ohio River, which is close to about 11 a.m. She had set up her blanket and laid out her stuff, and she was all ready to go. But somebody was watching. Just across the Ohio River, a man by the name of Timothy Wathel, who lived on the other side of the river, was observing the beach through a telescope and he had spotted Heather sunbathing. But Jamie, that wasn't all he saw. What do you mean? Like, what? Well, while looking into his telescope, he saw a man approach Heather on the beach. This man was tall, probably somewhere around six feet, and he had towered over Heather's 5'2 frame. This man was shirtless, with a pair of jeans on, a mosquito net, and what looked like a curly brown wig on. A mosquito net? Yes. This is like, I was like, oh, it's the beach. He's shirtless. And then you're like wearing jeans. I'm like, what? And then you're like, mosquito net. I'm like, what, what? And you're like, wig. And I'm like, excuse you. Well, that wasn't all, Jamie. He had something shiny in his hand. The man with the telescope had witnessed the man grab Heather by her hair and dragged her off into the wooded area near the beach. 
Now this quote-unquote witness did go right away and inform the police. He also gave them a description, which the police had a sketch artist make a sketch of the man. And I'll play the 911 call for you. State Police, Dispatcher Davis. Uh, yes, sir. I just called the Indiana State Police. I live in Newburgh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was sitting at the dinner table, we got through eating dinner, and I got a telescope. I live right on the river. Mm-hmm. And I scanned the beach or straight across from the beach from the Lock and Dam. Mm-hmm. And there was a girl on the left-hand side of the trees down here, and she was sunbathing, and she was laying face down. And she had her top undone, and she was just bathing. And uh, I was looking back and forth across the beach. I told Karen, I, and I said, you know, I just listened to her. I said, I, I, you know, I just looked at the beach. And about this time, a guy come running out of the trees on the left-hand side. And he ran down and grabbed her by the back of the head of the hair and jerked her up. And she grabbed the towel, and he, he, he walked her up in the trees, up on, in the riverbank over here. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching now for 25 minutes, and I ain't seen her come back. And all of her stuff still sat down there on the beach. Where is she at on the beach, sir? She was, you know where the new lock dam is? The Newburgh Lock and Dam? Yes, sir. Uh, right straight on that big, long beach, and she's almost at the end of the lock wall on your side, on the Kentucky side. End of the lock wall? Well, I'm at the end of the lock wall. I'm right straight across on the Indiana side where the, where the new lock wall ends. Mm-hmm. And she was right there at that end. Now, I swear this guy looked like he had a gun. He come down, he had a chrome plated I could see it glistening in the sun. I mean, it looked like a revolver, and he snuck up behind her, and she was laying face down on the, on the mat. And, he, and she had long hair, and he grabbed her by the head of the hair and raised her head up and showed her the gun. And then when she did, she stood up, and she grabbed the towel that was laying there, and she put it on top of her, and he marched her in front of him right up to the top of the trees. What did she look like? She was, uh, I didn't, I only had like a 25 on, on the scope, so she was, uh, she was Caucasian, and she was, uh, she had long, kind of brownish black hair. Mm-hmm. You mean long to her shoulder, to her uh, waist, or what? From over her back, probably. What color was her bathing suit? Uh, she didn't have a top on, but she had a bikini bottoms on. It was kind of like a multicolored flower color. There's a lounge chair. Okay, hold, hold on. Hold on, please. So we all know with a lot of missing person cases, there's tend to not really take the missing person seriously for at least 24 hours, right? Because someone had actually seen the abduction, police headed right over to the beach to search the area. They didn't find Heather, but they found the belongings. They had been left on the beach, almost like she had just walked back to her car to grab something. Everything was exactly as it was, with zero sign of a struggle. They had looked into the area where the witness had saw Heather get dragged, and they found a woman's bathing suit that was later identified as Heather's. But that was Jimmy. That was it. But, like, that, that was so quick. Like, that was so quick. Like, it didn't take... It couldn't have taken them too long to get there. It's just nothing else, really? Absolutely nothing. They decided to uh, spread their search to the surrounding areas. And a nearby farmer, which was right near where Heather's car was parked, had some cameras set up. I guess someone was going into the field and was stealing his crops, so he set up some surveillance cameras to check to check whoever was responsible, but instead he saw something different. He had a video of Heather's car and beside it, a red Bronco. During a routine traffic stop, a man named Marvin Dill would have become a suspect. Marvin, or Marty, was his family's friends called him, just so happened to drive a red Bronco. 
And when he was pulled over, the police had searched the vehicle, and that's when they found what I would call an abduction kit, Jamie. I like you're like what I would call probably no one else, only me, Nicole, an abduction kit. Well, let me tell you what it was. Let me tell you what was inside. So inside his vehicle, they found two guns, two knives, duct tape, rubber gloves, rope, and a long strand of brown hair, which did appear to be Heather Teague's hair. Further searched the truck, even found blood in the truck bed. And even creepier was he is a really, really close match to the sketched composite. So Jamie, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the sketches and I want you to let me know if you think they're similar, okay? Okay. Okay, let me go to it. All right, Jamie. So it's sent. Let's see here. Um, honestly, the sketch looks like my husband. Oh my God. <laughs> like if my husband had a beard, like tell me that's not though. Like look at that and tell me that doesn't look like Tori. Like the body type. Okay. Oh my God, Jamie. <laughs> Okay, yes, I guess it could kind of look like Tori with the beard. Where, Tori, where were you when this crime happened? In 1994. Oh my god, you know who it looks like his brother? Because his brother actually has a beard. Oh my god, Jamie. (laughs) We are in no way, shape, or form saying that her husband or her husband's brother had anything to do with this case. Probably not. They're like in their 20s and 30s. How long ago did this case happen, like, age-wise? 1994. Oh, no, it definitely could have been them, I think. Nope. They were young. They were too young. Okay, I was going to say, um, Jamie, that's probably... Math is hard, guys. I'm on summer break already. I ain't doing any more math than I need to be doing. All right. So, looking back at the sketch and back at a photo of Marty, do you feel like they're similar? Not at all. I honestly don't... Like, the hair is so much longer and really, really curly, where the hair is straight in the sketch... Like his nose in the sketch looks like it's a little like it's been broken. Where this guy has a fairly straight nose. The eyebrows on one of the guys is like completely different eyebrows. Like the face shape is completely different. Like they don't look like at all. Okay, well it's pretty common that people think they're similar, but okay, wrong. People are one hundred percent wrong. All right. Well, Marty also had like a couple priors, so he's no stranger to the law. But actually, during that search of his vehicle, they didn't attain him. They had told him to go home and that they would keep in touch with him. According to police, Marty was home when he caught wind of the police on his property to interview him. He then instructed his wife to leave the home. And then when police arrived, they found Marty dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The police moved forward with their investigation, however. They had collected evidence against Marty. Um, His wife had been brought up to give a testimony in front of the grand jury implementing her Fifth Amendment right right away to refuse to answer any questions in regards to Heather, which I found a little strange. Well, like, that was her husband. You know what I mean? Like, he's dead. I can get being there. Like, my husband's dead. I don't know what he did. I don't know what happened. I don't want to speculate. I, like, I'm grieving. I just want to be left alone. Yeah, but then, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard for me because it's like, well, that's somebody's child. And even if you don't feel like your husband did it, it's like, why not stand on trial and say that you don't think your husband did it instead of just flat out say you're not going to, you know, talk. I think it's one of those, like, crime junkie things. Like, we love true crime. So we're like, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking about this? Like, you're just going to, like, help yourself if you just talk. But people are complex creatures. Not everyone is into true crime like us. And not everyone really cares about the miscarriages of justice. 
Like, that's just life. Yeah, and I do guess that's true. So, Jamie, I'm sure at this point you're wondering, why are we talking, why are we already finished up with this case? It's so open and shut, right? Well, yeah, I'm like, he had her hair in his car, right? Well, things aren't always what you'd think they are. And sometimes there's twists. This twist would come in the show. This twist would come in the form of the suspect. And this would turn the case upside down. A man by the name of Christopher J. Bellow, a native resident of Henderson, Kentucky, had pled guilty to attempted involuntary manslaughter in 1991 in a, de- in a shooting death of Catherine Fletzer. Serving out a prison sentence of 11 to 18 years, Catherine's body was never found. And Christopher was tied to several other cases as well. Charlene Marie Farrell, Mary Cutsto, and Christina Parco. All these women are a striking resemblance to Heather. They're all pretty short and slim, all around 5 feet tall and under 100 pounds with brown hair. You want to hear something actually really funny? Um, sure. So the idea that serial killers have like their ideal type and they go after that type is actually a falsehood. Most people that kill, like most people that are like serious serial killers do it out of opportunity. Like you get a higher chance of opportunity killers than you do people that have a type. Oh, that is interesting. Like maybe, Not funny, like, but interesting. Yeah, sorry. Like sometimes it'll be like women only or men only, that kind of thing, or demographics only. But very rarely with like, I only kill blonde hair, blue eyed girls, you know? Yeah, so you're not it's convinced. Called the bu- yeah, it's called the Bundy myth. So you're not convinced that he murdered Heather. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, if that's the only evidence against this guy, it's kind of thin water. All right. So, Bolo was also in the area when Heather disappeared, and he had skipped town shortly after. Jamie, he skipped town the same day that Marty committed suicide, our other suspect. See, now I'm, like, thinking with my big galaxy brain over here, I'm like, did he kill Marty to cover his tracks? (laughs) Moreover, Jamie... Heather, Marty, and Bello have mu- had mutual acquaintances. They knew each other, or at least knew somebody that knew somebody that knew them. So they're all connected. That's, well, how big was the town? Like, was it a really big town they were living in? Or was it like I, one of the two degrees of separation between everyone kind of place? It's about medium, if I'm being honest. So investigators did state that they can tie him to the investigation, that they have unknown circumstantial evidence that ties him to Heather's kidnapping. And a theory came forward that, Jamie, it just absolutely creeps me out. I love creepy theories. Let's speculate. So the theory that they're working on today, Jamie, is that these two men, these sick monsters, had found one another. And they had planned this abduction working as a team. And it is probably the creepiest thought that I have, I'm going to have today. I just can't believe that, one, that there's so sick of people in such proximity and that they found each other and that they organized a abduction. You know what's actually crazy is, like, there's actually, there's a really high rate of, like, people that are um, psychopaths. Like, it's, it's, it's actually very, it's fairly common. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just something that gives me chills down my spine, gives me shivers, and makes me want to lock all of my doors. <laughs> I don't know, like, we were talking about this in my criminology class, and it's like, 
like there's more you know bad people than you think there is like if you look at people that are just pedophiles because we have we just have much better um research done on pedophilia than we do have people that are like serial killers because guess what usually they're hard to find but even though like the projectors for serial killers are like so i think it's like something there's it's something like there's two percent of all like murders that are committed or all killings that are committed are done by like serial offenders like people that kill more than once oh my god but, you know, it's just, what an unsettling thought, and I hope nobody's watching or no one's listening to this podcast late at night and has to hear the fact that there's a probability that there's two monsters in such close, in such close proximity and that they decided that they were going to commit a murder together. Well, I think the number of, like, serial killers, serial killers that are active in the United States at any given time is between, like, 2,000 and 5,000 people. And you oh think if it's 5,000 and every single one of those 5,000 people kills, what, 10 people during their lifetime? Like, that's a lot of people. Once again, I'm on my, like, I'm on spring break. I'm not doing the math, but that's a lot. No, that's, that's a lot of people. Well, Jamie, there's also one more theory. I'm listening. So this is actually a theory from Heather's mother. So in 2013, Heather's mother had filed a suit against the local and state authorities in connection with Heather's case. She had alleged that there was a lot of mishandling of the case and a possible cover-up. So 44news.weave.com wrote an article about this case where they had did an interview with Heather's Teague's mom. And she thinks the police had focused on Marty and maintains that the sketch was produced by police. But the sketch itself wasn't done by the witnesses account at all in fact they had used a driver's license picture of marty himself what did he look like he was kind of heavy set uh he just had like a, a blue jean uh cut off pants on and tennis shoes and it looked i couldn't tell if he had a full beard or if he just had real shaggy hair and or something over his face but you couldn't what make colors it, his hair sir kind of uh, dark brown was he white or black he was white. White male? Yeah. And he had a gun with him? Yes, sir. Did he, he have a shirt on? Nope, no shirt. And because they spotted a red Bronco that was parked near Heather's car, it had prompted police to look at Marty and really hyper-focus on him. She then explained, investigators had told her a number of times to just give up. The lawyer she hired by, for, the lawyer hired by Heather's mother, named Adam, had stated, quote, you don't tell the mother of a person that's been abducted to stop looking for their child six weeks out. You don't have a meeting on post and tell the mother to stop looking that the person who has died took their secrets to the grave and you should stop looking, unquote. Which, by the way, I completely agree. That's absolutely insane to me. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, because I do have like all my classes and stuff and I understand like, and we're going through like allocation of resources and stuff if they honestly think he's the murderer they have their man they have no further reason to investigate to say that to a victim's parent to me that's grossly incompetent well you still have to look for the body and you still have to prove that this person actually committed the crime instead of just saying oh something's fit like because they all the evidence they really have is circumstantial towards him and like I said, I don't even think the sketch matches. Which was kind of funny because it's based off of his driver's license. 
but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't believe you would look at a grieving mother and have the audacity to tell her to stop looking for her child. And that the person that, you know, that committed the murder is dead, so give up. That's absolutely insane to me. Oh no, that's grossly incompetent. That person needs to be reprimanded and given classes on how to deal with victims and parents and family of victims because like your job is to protect and serve exactly some cops some cops like most of the cops amazing beautiful perfect like not perfect sorry most cops are good people who are doing a good job i think a lot of cops care deeply for what they do it's a hard job so at some point you have to but you get these outliers that are just oh they're just awful they just don't seem to care like why would you want to become a cop if that's how you're going to treat people like we had a case we were for like we did like a stalking no we had a battery case that came in and this cop literally walked past the guy who was hitting his girlfriend and went to the girlfriend and asked her who she was texting that she wasn't supposed to be texting that's the first words out of his mouth that this victim who was on the ground bloody are you you're kidding me you have to i i'm not i'm absolutely not that makes me sick to my stomach yeah he is um not going to be a police officer for much longer is all i can say about it in the town that i work at we don't take that kind of stuff lightly i think and it was his third warning or something for saying things that were just highly inappropriate well the lady's laying on the floor covered in blood and i don't care what she did there's absolutely no reason to lay a hand on another person oh exactly and i don't care who she's texting I really don't. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Like, that's not the questions you need to be asking in that situation. You need to be, are you okay? Do you need medical attention? Um, I, where's my partner to get this man away from you so that we can have separate interviews? And he just, I don't know. Sometimes cops go bad, and it's very highly unfortunate. No, I completely agree. And I kind of feel like this case has mishandling written all over it yeah it seems like the cop so in my opinion the cop who said that is a cop who doesn't give it who doesn't care he just doesn't care about his job anymore well yeah he doesn't care about helping people he's just there to make a paycheck no i completely agree and it's just one of those situations where they did hyper focus on marty purely for the fact that there was a red bronco near her car and my opinion pretty much nothing else and they pulled him over and they saw what I would say is an abduction kit. And I can't say, you know, I'm not going to say that that wasn't an abduction kit because it is. But they actually didn't. I had no record of them actually testing the blood or hair sample. You're kidding me. No, they saw it. And then they said, hey, we're going to get in contact with you later. Have a nice day. Um, If it's within line of sight, it's evidence within line of sight. You have reasonable doubt. You're... Like, you're allowed to get that evidence. It's, that's, that, uh, uh, annoyed, 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 annoyed. It's, well, yeah, and, well, it's 1994, so I'm sure things are a little bit different, but it's crazy. And, you know, and so Heather Teague's mom had, her name Sarah, by the way, had actually went and listened to a secondary voice recording 911 call. But it's nowhere to be seen, Jamie. It's gone, like disappeared out of thin air. And for I, the, um, 
I just, all this is so upsetting to me because, like, this is not how you're supposed to do any of this. None of this, right? So Sarah's, Sarah's life is full of lawyers. She's battling with local authorities and the FBI for all the reports on Heather to become public record so she could try to find some peace and try to figure out what happened to Heather. She believes that this is what's going to open up that she believes that this is what's going to open up the case and hopefully open up the eyes of police officers so she can finally figure out where her daughter is. Well, that's all of that is way more terrifying than the coronavirus and anything happening right now in the world. Like, I'm highly upset. Thank you. I definitely did not need this. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jamie, but we are done for this week. So hopefully you can get a little bit of peace. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys want to hear about a cult next week or just like a feel good story? You guys want a fluff feel good story? That's that's the mood I'm in. (laughs) We'll see how you feel next week when we talk about cults and crime, Jamie. Okay, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week for a new episode of Cults and Crime. See you soon.